Welcome to the Rebel Speaker Podcast, where we break the tried and true presentation rules so that you can create a speech that stands out, makes an impact, and positions you as the go-to expert. And now your host, the instigator of the presentation rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. The key to being a successful speaker is running a successful business. And that means you're not just a speaker on the stage, you are the CEO of your business. But what the heck does that mean? And what does it look like to really step into that CEO role of your speaking business. This is Dr. Michelle Mazur. I'm the CEO of Communication Rebel, where we help speakers and entrepreneurs make a bigger impact with their message while building a speaking business on their own terms. And I am super excited because we have Dana Corey with us today. This is what Dana does. It is her jam. She takes business owners and transforms them into CEOs. Dana is an international speaker and a high-performance business strategist. She combines nuts-and-bolts strategy with walk-beside-you partnership that gets successful business owners beyond what they already know. And her passion is transforming entrepreneurs who feel trapped by the job they've created into CEOs who enjoy the freedom they started their journey for. So welcome, Dana, to The Rebel Speaker. Hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. Ah, I'm so glad because I think this topic of being the CEO is so important for speakers to grasp that they're not just performers on stage, but they're running a business. So why is it important for speakers, so we have to convince people, why is it important for them to step into that CEO role of their speaking business? Because being the CEO is having a bird's eye view of your business. If you don't elevate yourself to CEO, what you really are is a worker bee. And whether, you, you know, a speaker is like any other business. If you're just doing the work of the business, you're not doing much more than just than being a freelancer. Sure, you have a little bit of time freedom. You can work when you want. You can work where you want, but you still are just going to work. There's no bigger picture, bigger vision, bigger dream, and there's no real lifestyle freedom in being the worker bee in your business. You know what's interesting is I read a blog post that I'll hook up in the show notes that was this guy talking about how he left his dream of professional speaking. He created a business that was unsustainable. He was traveling every single week. He was lonely. He wasn't eating. He wasn't getting any exercise. And he felt like he had to do more and more speaking in order to meet his revenue goals. And clearly that was someone like I read that article and I was like, you're kind of a dumbass, dude. You could have created this business differently. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny because I read that article. Oh, <laughs> I totally read that article and I was like, oh my gosh, that is a, a prescription for burnout, for getting sick, for being isolated, for losing your, you know, your relationships because it's just you. And if your entire business is just based on you, I'm not saying you can't be a CEO and have your business based just on you, but you have to think it through. What does that actually mean? What does freedom mean to you? 
Are you chasing a number and so you have to work all the time? Like this guy, right? He was living out of a hotel room. He hardly ever saw his house. He felt the pressure of having to be make more money and more money and make more money. And there was nothing else that he was serving. So either you have to have to have a vision of what it looks like to be in business by yourself, but at a higher level, or you have to figure out how to create a model around speaking that isn't totally dependent on you. So what are some of the things that you think a speaker could potentially, because I know you're a speaker, what could they potentially outsource that would allow them to step back and take that bigger view of their business? You know, I think there's a couple of things. If all you're doing is speaking, I think that that's really a recipe for exhaustion. I agree like a thousand percent. (laughs) I think that in order to make enough money as a speaker, you have to be on the run all the time if that's all you're doing. But Mm -hmm. if you're speaking about something, you have a particular message, and then you're offering services that are congruent with that message that doesn't require you to be on the road. Some of that stuff you can outsource. You can do workshops. You can do classes. You can do coaching. You can do business strategy. You can help people write talks. Uh, (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. So using speaking as a strategy rather than as an end-all is a much better prescription for family. The National Speakers Association, I believe, published an article that says the average speaker earns $25,000 a year from speaking fees. And, you know, that includes everyone who's charging, you know, thirty dollars or $50,000 to people who are charging like 100 bucks, which you should never do. Right. But, <laughs> but it's, you know, having that multiple streams of income of being like, clear on one of the things I do with clients is I get them super clear on how much do they want to be traveling? What do they want this business to look like? Do they want to travel internationally? How long do they want to be away from home? Because if you don't think of that bigger picture, yeah, you burn out. And if you don't have any other streams of revenue, you become a road warrior. And I've done this. I've been a road warrior. I hated my life. (laughs) Yeah, I could totally see that. Waking up in a different hotel room. In fact, I was talking to somebody just recently who's a road warrior, and she, she decided to quit. She's, she also has taken herself off the road. She's actually trained people to do her job on the younger people to mm-hmm. do her job on the road, because one night she walked into the closet because it's where the bathroom was the night before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah, but that's life on the road because you're in a different hotel like every couple of nights and it's rough. Yeah. How do speakers start thinking like a CEO instead of just the speaker on the stage? Well, you know, I was thinking about this when I knew we were going to be talking today. It's so hard to just come up with a cookie cutter answer. Mm -hmm. This is how you should do it because everybody is speaking about a different thing. The place to start is to really look at what is your message. Kind of goes back to what you talk about. Mm -hmm. You have to know your message. What is your message? And how are some other ways that you can serve people in that message besides standing on a stage? Is that a model that you could teach other people to, to go and speak? And you could be the CEO of a group of people who deliver the message? Or are you the only one who's going to speak? And so maybe there's a book, maybe there's courses that you could lead. So there's different kinds of models, but the whole premise 
is to stand back from the actual work and look to see how you can design a sustainable business over time that doesn't require your attention 24-7. Makes me think of like John Maxwell. He trains people to be speakers and coaches to go out and deliver his message. So he has more of that training company model. And then I think of someone like Sally Hogshead of How to Fascinate. And she, you know, she's the speaker, but she has her assessment and she has a book and she has courses that you can take. So even though she loves the stage, she still has other things that branch out underneath that message. So That she's making money from. Yeah. Right? In order to do her assessment, you pay for it. And she explained how you can use it for your teams. You can use it, you know, in so many different ways. And every time you do one, you pay for it. And so yep. that gives her some freedom. Also, she's not doing her own booking for, for sure. Not doing her own booking. She's not doing her own travel arrangements. She's not doing her own, doing very little of her own stuff except getting up on a stage and speaking. Well, and I think you bring up a good point. Those are things, even if you're just starting out, you can think about outsourcing to a virtual assistant. One of the things I teach my speakers is like, okay, this is how you research for speaking gigs. This is how you track and this is how you pitch. Now let's bring your assistant in so you can hand this off because I feel like it's when you're beginning, your focus should be on the speech itself and creating the best experience and selling it. Right. And so you can start really early thinking about, okay, well, if I can hire a VA for two hours a week to take some of this off my plate. I'm going to be far more successful in filling my pipeline so I can actually speak. Exactly. And I actually have my VA research potential speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this is the kind of audience that I want to speak to. Can you work on finding places that I can apply to speak? And it's great because it would take so much of my time. And instead, I just get emails saying, here, apply here, apply here, apply here. And so that's really helpful. I will say this, that being a speaker is a business just like any other business. And to really step into being a CEO, you have to build your business from the ground up. Like I always think about it as the foundation of a house, right? The foundation's not sexy. It doesn't have any pizzazz at all. But without it, you can't build a beautiful house on top. And there are some really basic things to building a business that allows you to have some freedom. This whole thing about having a vision and knowing where you're going. You have to know which direction you're going to or you'll never get there. If all you're doing is looking for speaking gigs and speaking and looking for speaking gigs and speaking, it's like being a hamster. You're just like moving around and around and around and around, not getting anywhere different, right? And eventually you're going to burn out. And then once you figure out where you want to go, you have to have an actual plan. And people think that plans are just like setting a goal and doing something. Really, a plan is all about choosing the strategies you're going to use now and then seeing if those work. And then if they work, awesome, keep doing them. And if they don't work, pick a new strategy, for goodness sake. Right? I mean, you can't do everything all at the same time. It's kind of like doing science. You have to test your hypothesis. And then you have to measure the data. And then you have to decide if it's working. Right? And then you move on to the next thing. But if you're totally stuck in just doing what's in front of you, then you can't see the bigger picture to see if a strategy is working or not. You can't assess anything. What I love is that systematic approach because 
I feel like speakers, their speech is wrapped up in their identity and who they are because they're sharing their story and they're not asking the question like, wow, every time I speak, how many people are asking me to speak somewhere else? Or how well is my speech converting as far as clients coming to me? Or how many referrals do I get from that meeting organizer after I gave my speech? Because to me, if those things are not humming along the way they should, you're always trapped on the hamster wheel and there's a problem with your speech. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so funny that you should say that because I've just, I have a new, new speech that I've been doing around the country. The first time I did it live, it was okay. People liked it, but I didn't get any referrals. Fast forward a month and a half, and I've done it three or four times now. And the last time I did it, I got four, contact me, I have other places for you to, to talk. Just like, without even at, telling them I was looking, people came up and said, I, I have somewhere that I, I would like for you to, to speak. And so that was really cool. And that's what gets you off the hamster wheel of pitching and pitching and pitching and researching because having those speaking gigs come to you is really the goal. A lot easier. Yes. Right? A lot easier and a lot less stressful or nail-biting. Anxiety. Mm -hmm. So what do you see are some of the challenges when we start thinking like the CEO, when we start having a plan and we start measuring our success and making adjustments along the way? What challenges crop up for people? Well, one of the biggest ones that happens is people start panicking because they feel like they're losing control rather than having control. And it's really funny because once people really make the shift, they realize how much more ownership there is in being the CEO. But when you're going from just doing everything to allowing other people to support you, to asking for other people to support you, to creating a model that allows for other people to be involved, that transition is the biggest thing that comes up for people is the loss of control, their perceived loss of control. And then the other thing that happens too People get scared, but how it comes out is, oh, I don't, I don't really want to do this, right? <laughs> like they start talking themselves out of it or like they've lost their mojo or that they've decided they don't want to be a speaker anymore. They don't want to run a business anymore because it's just too hard. Because the learning curve from going from worker bee to CEO, it, there's a learning curve. If there wasn't, everybody would do it. But everybody doesn't do it. You know, there are stages of business for sure. The first one is just creating a job for yourself, right? And some people are happy in that forever. We live graphic designers and those kinds of people, often even hairstylists, right? They are the worker bees. Then there's the next level where you actually want to run a company. And it's in the running of the company that the freedom is. But just like it took something to get to the place where you had a job, where you created a job, where there, you had to do the work and you had to learn, right? You had to up-level your skills. You had to be willing to let go of beliefs that you had about what it was going to be like or what you thought. You have to go through all of that all over again, only at a different level. Yeah. And I imagine there's different skills because all of a sudden you have to know how to lead and manage people and train them to do their jobs. That's 
not easy for a lot of people to do that kind of team building that allows you to step into that CEO role. Handing over responsibility, like you are responsible for finding me five speaking opportunities a week. Yes, absolutely. And you have to have systems, right? Mm -hmm. Because as you get bigger, the systems make it easier, not just for you, but anybody who's going to help you. One of the things too that happens, it's always amazing to me. I work with people who have been in business from anywhere from three to 20 years, right? I had this brand new client who's been in business for 12 years. We were having our introductory conversation and I asked him for his numbers. I wanted to know what percentage of his income came from this dream and what percentage came from this dream. And he couldn't tell me. He couldn't tell me. He had no idea. It's taken three weeks to get the, the information together. That's a foundation. You have to be able to stand on knowing the numbers of your business. And when I say numbers, I'm not just talking about how much money you're making, right? I'm talking about how many clients you have and how often you're getting work and where is that work coming from? Do you know specifically the buckets where the work is coming? How much, how much income is coming through each of those buckets? I know it sounds really stupid and basic, but it's so important. I think speakers are actually worse because when I have strategy calls, I start asking questions like, how do you want to make money with this? What is your fee? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I just kind of gut check. They do intuitive pricing for their fee. They're like, yeah, my gut says. They don't know how much money they brought in from speaking last year. They don't know how many clients. They don't know the basic numbers. Truly, to be that successful business owner, that successful speaker, you've got to know those things. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just treading water. Yeah, and you don't, you're blind. Hmm. How do you know if you should be speaking more to entrepreneurs, just, you know, solo entrepreneurs or corporate C-suite executives if you aren't tracking how much money you're making from either of those channels? You know, if you do better, you make more money speaking to C-suite execs. Well, stop talking to the other people and just focus on that channel. So last question, what is your best tip that you love to give people to, for stepping into that role of CEO? The place where I always start with people who are really committed to getting bigger and running a company rather than just being you know, a speaker is figure out where you want to be 10 years from now and then work your way back in five years. So do five years, two years, and then a one-year chunk. What do you have to have accomplished in one year that will get you on track to your long-term goal? And then create a plan that starts with strategy. People are always like, what do you mean by strategy? Well, some strategies are social media. Some strategies are calling somebody out of the blue, you know, a meeting organizer three times in, in a week. I'm going to do three of those calls a week. Or I'm going to get uh, speaking gigs by going to other to conferences, mm -hmm. right? So that's a strategy. So picking strategies and then creating actions that are come from those strategies and using a paper planner and planning it all out and then doing what it says day to day. I know that sounds like a really long answer, but it's all part of the same thing. 
Well, and I love what you said, because number one, in the speaking world, there is so much hype. There's like, I made a million dollars speaking and so can you make from zero to six figures in six weeks with speaking. Speaking is a long term play. And if you want to be the next Danielle Laporte, Sally Hogshead, Jay Bear, and be on those big stages, they didn't start there. So it's like, okay, that's my end point. And then backing into what do I need to do this year to get closer to that end goal? And I think, gosh, this is going to sound horrible, but I feel like some speakers just wait around. I want to be discovered. (laughs) I was going to see my video on YouTube and it's going to be this breakthrough moment. And it's like, mm, real success comes from intention and it comes from being that CEO. So thank you, Dana. Where can we find you online? Come visit me at my website, danacorey.com. I do calls with people. So if you want to look at my programs and something appeals to you, to find it for a call or you can message me through my website. I'm always open to having conversations. Awesome. So I highly recommend if you are interested in figuring out how to become the CEO of your business that you chat with Dana because she's lovely. But I think the important thing for you to take away is to have that big vision and then a goal to get there because that's the way you're the CEO and you have a successful and sustainable speaking business. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Speaker Podcast. If you're loving this show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It is the best way for speakers like you to find out about us. And you can learn more about Communication Rebels coaching and consulting services that help business owners and speakers make a bigger impact with their message while building a speaking business on their own terms at drmichellemazur.com.